big show this week. No, not Paul White, but open open invite there. Welcome into the Rutgers Scoutcast, episode 68. I am your host, the publisher over at Scarlet Report on the Scout Network, and heck, I guess we could just say on the CBS Network now. Uh, no, I don't really know what to call myself sometimes, but that's okay. It's the same job, it's the same website, and I hope that everyone enjoyed a stress-free transition to our new model. If you got no idea what I'm talking about, it's because you're not on ScarletReport.com, and I gotta say you're missing out, but... We're done pitching for now. Instead, we're going to be talking about the latest episode of the Rutgers Scoutcast, which is here, because you just downloaded it. Thanks, by the way. So I'm recording this live from Rosemont, Illinois, uh, waiting for my red-eye flight back home in a couple of hours. I figure, why not knock out the podcast introduction now, because it's a show that I've been thinking about for a while, and I'm very excited about the next couple of weeks on the show The reason I'm so excited about this episode is because, well, we've had Chris Ash on the show before, the Rutgers head coach, but never in a formal sit-down, one-on-one conversation. It's either been on the phone or in a bit of a scrum, but we actually have him as a proper guest this week. Coach Ash and his staff were nice enough to set something up for me bright and early at Big Ten Media Day Tuesday morning. We met up around 7 a.m. to have this conversation. Yes, I do ask him the big three questions. No, he does not answer all of them. You're going to have to wait until the end of the interview to hear that. I had a great talk with Chris Ash. I had a lot of good time spending time with Chris Ash at Big Ten Media Day. I thought that this was a about as successful as it could have been for Rutgers out there in Chicago just because, look, they went 2-10 and 10 and people are, you know, people that didn't forget that Michigan game. But Chris Ash did a good job of, you know, it was like uh, – it's like that battle rap at the end of 8 Mile where Eminem knows everything you've got to say against me. Uh, I won't say the rest of that because this is a PG podcast. Uh, and I will do a better job of keeping it completely PG. Apologies for a little slip up last week. Now Eminem in this rap battle lists everything that the free world is going to use against him. And Chris Ash did the same thing in his press conference. He gets up there in front of BTN and says... We were awful last year. We went 2-10. and ten. It wasn't fun, but it's over. And then he jumped right into his stride, his pitch, his new facilities, the Marco Battaglia, the weight room, the massive amount of transfers that Rutgers brought in. A unique take on the transfers that you're going to hear from Chris Ash in a couple minutes, but I thought that Rutgers did a good job of getting the necessary uglies out of the way early, the same with NCAA sanctions, the investigation stuff, the gift of Kyle Flood. They got that out of the way early so the rest of the day could be focused on the good things happening at Rutgers because there are good things happening at Rutgers. And not only did Chris Ash point that out, but Dorian Miller, Sebastian Joseph, and Blesson Austin did a great job pointing that out themselves. They are three examples of exactly what you want if you're a parent sending your kid to college. That is what you want your kid to grow into in the next three, four, five years. We will hear from all three of those guys on the podcast during training camp, as well as a lot of news for training camp when that starts next week. Training camp begins this weekend. We're not allowed to, you know, we're uh, we're sequestered until Monday, but we should start to really talk about training camp and real football on next week's episode when some of those players join us as guests. This week, though, we're talking to Chris Ash. After we talk to Chris Ash, talk about Big Ten Media Day, talk about 
some changes that have gone on in his program heading into year two. Then Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Dome will join the show. Brian is about to uh, embark on a journey that he'll discuss, I'm sure, in the body of the show during the news segment. But before Brian departs for a week or so, we'll preview training camp and talk about everything that's going on. After we hear from Brian, it's mailbag time, and we'll close out the show. But before any of that, it really another thank you to Rutgers for letting it happen because these coaches are being pulled everywhere. I, I've seen what their media day schedules are, and so it was nice of them to give me 10 minutes of Chris Ash's time to do this interview. I will say it's not even close to some of the dumbest and silliest things that these guys are asked to do at media days. They're subjected to all that nonsense that you get at you know, a Super Bowl media day. I know I couldn't do it, but somehow these guys seem to have a lot of fun with it. I'm sure Darius Hamilton was sick of it after three straight years, but Dorian Miller, Sebastian Joseph, and Blesson Austin, even when the cameras weren't on or my microphone was off, they were having a good time, and that's, that's important. It's a nice reward for these guys that deserve a reward. Your reward for sticking through my five-minute introduction, however, is Chris Ash. Here he is. Chicago with Coach Chris Asher, second media day with Rutgers. How are you enjoying it, or do you enjoy doing this? Yeah, I, I don't mind. It's part of the, the, the gig. Um, I, I'd much rather be coaching our football team and being around our guys, but uh, this is part of it. And best thing about this, it's, it signifies the end of the summer and start of college football. And that's always an exciting time. What made you pick the three guys you brought here? It seems like you know, leadership and then performance on the field both went into that decision. Well, I, I don't know if the performance on the field, that's part of it. I mean, because I do want to reward guys for uh, their performance. But it, it's about uh, their leadership, uh, their work ethic, their attitude, um, and uh, just their overall behavior. And, and most of it has to do with uh, what they've done in the spring and summer. You know, I, I, I don't just pick guys. I, I want to take some time to evaluate uh, guys. You really, I think this is a big deal for players to come to, and I want them to earn their, the opportunity to um, come here, and uh, that's really why we take our time. What what made them, or what excites you about these three guys, Dorian Miller, Sebastian Joseph, Bless Austin, from what you've seen from them now that you've gotten to know them? Why are they exciting to you? Uh, well, uh, start with Dorian. You know, uh, going to be a senior uh, offensive lineman. You know, uh, right now scheduled to be our starting left guard. Uh, he's just Mr. Consistency and, and just works so hard every single day to be the best that he can be. Uh, doesn't say a whole lot. He's a leader by example, and uh, he's just a grinder. Uh, looking at Sebastian, um, you know, Sebastian had a great spring for us, uh, and I'm expecting some really big things out of him in the middle of our, our defense. And uh, I just love his personality. He's, he's always got a smile on his face. He always come, comes in in a good mood. Uh, he just lifts others around him up um, when he's uh, in their presence, and he just works so hard every single day. And, you know, uh, Bless, the third one, uh, I, I think Bless is just a tremendous story uh, right now from where he was at when we got here where he was at after his freshman year here at Rutgers to where he's at today. Uh, he's one of the most improved players in our program. He's really matured. He's really developed, uh, really bought into what we're doing. And he, he quietly had an outstanding season last year. Not a lot of people talked about him, but I think he had an outstanding season. I think he's poised to have an excellent uh, uh, 2017. I think two advantages with Bless. First, he played quarterback in high school. That has to help some knowing your assignments. And then the year in prep school, how do those two things help him? Because he's more mature than your average junior. Yeah, I mean, he, he is, uh, but I, I think uh, 
the end of the day, he's just uh, he's got some some dreams and goals, uh, and he's realized uh, what type of behaviors and, and effort he has to put forth to try to make those things become a reality. Uh, and I think that's really what's um, made him get to where he's at as fast as he has. I mean, uh, he wants to play at the next level, and he understands that he's going to have to work extremely hard to make that happen. And he's been really focused on doing that. So when you first came, I remember reading an interview you did with Brian Dunn, who terribly underrates all your players, obviously. Yeah. I mean, his ratings are terrible, right? Yeah. But it was a detailed plan of here's what I want to do at Rutgers to turn things around. Have you changed anything in your plan in year two? Is there anything you looked at as like, no, well, that didn't work? No, no. There's, I mean, uh, I, I, our plan is, is, is our plan. Um, it, it's not the first uh, time I've been in a situation like this. And, um, you know, I, I just go back and reflect on the experiences that I've had as a, an assistant coach in certain situations. And uh, our plan is uh, infallible to me. It's just going to take some time. Uh, probably the one thing that uh, we have done that's only uh, slight deviation from our plan is uh, we've gone uh, to, to bring in some more transfers. Uh, and uh, you know, there's a, a number of reasons for that, but uh, that's probably the only thing that we have adjusted in our plan. So this going into your practice facility opening, does that change anything that you do in practice? Like, is there any new advantages you didn't have with the old facility, or will it be a similar camp to last year? Uh, no, it's going to be a similar camp. It's not going to adjust what we're doing at camp. I mean, uh, in the long run, where it's going to benefit our players is uh, the weekly preparation. We didn't have a grass field to go on, and uh, going on a turf field every single day is not good for the body. And uh, being able to have the grass fields that we have is good for player development. It's good for player safety, um, and it's also good for recruiting because it's a uh, really nice uh, venue. What would you say to someone that hasn't been around rugby? What makes it unique or different than your average football team? You know, I, I guess I, I, I don't quite say it's it's different than a lot of other programs. It's, uh, uh, I mean, the way we're building it and what we're doing, you know, now, uh, I would say uh, it, it's probably similar to um, a lot of programs I've been a part of. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things uh, that are underrated uh, or, I guess, uh, taken uh for granted at Rutgers. I mean, you can get a great uh, degree at Rutgers. You can play in the best conference in America at, at Rutgers. Um, there's a lot of things to do outside of school and outside of football in the state of New Jersey. Uh, there's a lot of passionate fans uh, w- with our football team. and uh, I think it's a place that you can go and work extremely hard and be developed and have a lot of fun at and get a great degree and be set up for the rest of your life. You can't do that everywhere. If you want to say what's different, that's probably what's different. I'm glad you think my degree at Rutgers is yeah, great. I mean, really nice. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I look at what we're able to do with our players um, in, in, in uh, helping them uh, develop uh, a career and, and uh, find their passion. You can't do it uh, in other places. You just do, you know, located right outside of New York City is a huge advantage, and uh, it's one that not every team has. I'll try not to devalue the degree as yeah. much as say Ryan Dunleavy does. Yeah. I close this podcast with the same three questions I ask everyone. Who would you say is your favorite Rutgers player of all time? Do you have a favorite Rutgers athlete? Uh, no, I, I can tell you this, um, you know, because I don't know them all, but I can tell you the, the former football players that I have met. Uh, are unbelievable. Uh, they're just high-character uh, individuals. They're intelligent. Uh, most of them are being uh, successful either in business or in football. Uh, and, and there's a reason this program had a lot of success is because of the people uh, that, were, that have been in this program, and that's our goal is to get it back to that. Number two, do you have a favorite memory when you think about your time with Rutgers so far? You know, obviously we haven't won uh, many games, but the first time we were able to win a game together, uh, we had a, a fun locker room uh, celebration. and. Uh, you know, we, we want to be able to do that a lot more. And number three, in closing, if you get to eat one more meal at Rutgers, you get to go any restaurant on campus in Brunswick, where are you going and what are you ordering? 
Oh, you know what? The the breakfast at Henry Henry's Diner is pretty good. Yeah. You know, whenever I can do that, uh, it's fun. My dinner, I, I, I love uh, Steakhouse 85. I love Brother Jimmy's. I love Penny Guy. There's, there's a lot right there around campus and in Brunswick that's pretty good. But right on campus, Henry's uh, Diner's pretty good. There's a diner. Good call. Thanks, yeah. Coach. Yep. All right, thanks again to Coach Chris Ash for giving us a good 10 minutes of his time in Chicago. Coach Ash, he, he doesn't. He just wants to coach football. He doesn't want to do podcasts. He doesn't want to go to media day. He doesn't want to talk to you? No. You know what? He would love to talk to me. Join the club. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He would love to talk to me about football, which I'll get to do about once a week this year. Brian Doan's here. Brian, you're spending your final countdown hour to vacation with me. Why? Because I want to remember how good and how important vacation is. And so spending time with you right before it reminds me of how important it is for me to take vacation. By the time you get back, Rutgers will be full contact in training camp. So, so you'll hear. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> but I think I think by the time you get back, Rutgers will be in its new practice facility. Obviously, for the first week... I'm not of- going for three months, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come back in 2019 for basketball. <laughs> for- that early? <laughs> For the, uh, I mean, as Pat Hobbs tells us, the real construction starting this fall. We'll see how that goes. Uh, how, are they using the plans that Julie Herman and Robert Barchi had set up for facilities? Remember years ago when they said we're going to do all these facilities, we just don't have any money or funding to pay for it. Are they those? I don't know where those are these days, but if anyone has a copy of, well, I do have a copy of them in my office <laughs> somewhere. and I don't know. Anyone wants them, shoot me a message. I'll give it to you. Uh, so we're talking a little bit of Rutgers training camp. Anything that you will be, I'm sure during your vacation you'll be following this very closely, following our coverage on Scarlet Report. Is there anything you're really interested in about this training camp, Chris Ash's second year? Just when they name the starting quarterback as being bold and, and move on with that and how quickly you can start putting in game plans and just stuff like that. You know, it's going to be we've putting in some great work. We still have depth issues. We have to figure out these positions. We have a chance to do some good things, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, For me, I just want to know when they're going to name the starting quarterback. That's all I really care about because everything else uh, is window dressing, and I'm going into it thinking that the Louisville transfer is going to get the starting job because that's why he transferred to Rutgers. Well, if you... Follow this, the site and the news and everything that Chris Ash has said about Kyle Bolin coming out of Media Day. They got high expectations for him. It did not take long for him to use the name Russell Wilson when discussing Kyle Bolin. No, not skill set. No, we're not talking about him scoring 40 touchdowns this year. But Chris Ash was there when Russell Wilson came in at Wisconsin and saw how Russell Wilson prepared. He's going to make sure Kyle Bolin follows those same steps. And I agree with you. He's He better be the starter because if not, then why'd you take him? Not just why. I mean, I know why they took him. They still needed depth. But, sure. But I've seen enough of Giro Senior to know that they need to do better. And that's, I mean, you can say that's a slight at him, whatever. It's just fact. Right? It's just fact. It's a really interesting idea about the preparation of bowling and all that stuff because, I mean, again, you can take this any way you want. But Gio Rossino got to learn from Chris Laviano and Hayden Reddick how to prepare for college. Kyle Bowen got to learn from Lamar Jackson. A little bit different skill set and talent level. 
and performance level. And he learned how to prepare watching a top 10 program. I'm guessing Laviano prepared. I mean, depends on who you ask. <laughs> That's why I'm guessing. Right. So, I mean, look, it's going to be quarterback central because... Is Laviano starting at San Diego State? I'm not paying attention to that. Hayden Reddick at Tennessee Tech? I am not paying attention to that. Uh, or Michael Dare in junior college. So That's your quarterback room last year right there. Yeah. And Tylen Oden in junior college. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's your quarterback room. Well, the quarterback room is completely rebooted this year, and that's going to continue going into 2018, I think, where you see the actual vision instead of just plugging holes, which is what Rutgers is doing. The thing that stood out most for me with my interview with Chris Ash and everything at Media Day was you ask him, you know, he has this Ash plan, and we've been talking about it forever, ever since you sat down with him, you know, the week he moved in at the Hale Center to go over this plan. And none of that has changed at all. You know, you go to intend, and he says, same plan, we still believe in it, it's working. The only thing that they've done differently, he said, is they've taken more transfers than he thought they would take. I think the number's up to 14 or 15. He's doing it to create competition in groups that have become complacent and just to upgrade talent with guys that have played. Well, that's exactly it, and I've spoken to him about this. It is, you can try to survive with what you have, and, and he came in with the plan of not to take transfers because you don't really build the foundation through transfers. What he didn't realize was the complete lack of talent and depth in the program. And so it became mandatory to do that. And, you know, we all know about Robert Martin and Josh Hicks last year at running back and what their commitment level was and and all that jazz. Well, if you don't bring in Gus Edwards as a transfer, that commitment level isn't challenged as much. And you can go through the different areas and figure, you know, and say it's the same thing in each spot. And on top of all that, you look at the fact that they just need to be better. They need better playmakers on offense. They had zero receiver playmakers last year. That's why you went out and you got like a, a do-up Mitchell kind of kid who can do a lot of different things. So for me, it went against what he really wanted to do, but it's not the JUCO route. So it's more of a fill-out depth until recruiting can take over. And so it's an, it's a change. It's you know JUCOs are different. You get them for two three years. These guys, a lot of these guys, the grad transfers you're getting for a year, and so it just gives guys that you've recruited. It gives them that extra year. You know we we talked about the quarterback situation, and if you don't have Bolin here, we're talking about whether Jonathan Lewis can win the job. And now the the conversation is about Bolin Rossino. And then, you know, you see where things happen. If things don't go well, maybe you'll start talking about Jonathan Lewis in October. And so that's why you take kids like this. It allows the kids that you've recruited who you think are going to be very good to develop for a year. Name a position group that didn't have a lot of depth or wasn't that successful the last two or three years. Well, basically all of them. But tight end, you bring in Jerome Washington. Uh, cornerback, you bring in Jawan Briscoe, and we'll see what else happens there. You have quarterback Kyle Bolin. You have these other quarterback. You bring in three walk-on quarterback transfers with aye, aye, aye. Tommy Wyatt, Rob Natolo, Tom Flacco. Now, are they ever going to play? No, but you might as well reboot that room because, as we've already discussed, that room was uh, not not 
ideal over the last few years. So you, I, I didn't use the word ideal. Well, it I, wasn't ideal. I, I would be a little stronger. It was awful. It's, that's that's how Chris Ash described last season many times when we were in Chicago. I watched it. Yeah, sure. I mean did. the season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's other position battles. We'll get into them as it goes. I think right now the the most open battles are probably at right guard, uh, vac- vacant spots on the defensive line, and maybe some linebacker reps. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking D-line, you're talking about eight guys anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter who's starting. Especially with how much they're going to rotate in stand-up guys, do the 3-4 and everything. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But stay tuned. The first training camp practice players report today as you're listening. The first practice is tomorrow. We are banned from the facilities until Monday, so stay tuned. As we continue here, it's time for the Rutgers ScoutCast Recruiting Spotlight. Again, joined with Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan. The spotlight this week shines upon Trayvon King out of Woodrow Wilson High School in Camden. Trayvon King, as of now, plans to announce the first week of August. He set his announcement date within hours of leaving Rutgers campus. He's got one teammate up there already. What do you think, Brian? Um, I think there's a long way to go between now and August 7th for a lot of schools to make pitches. I was DMing with his coach on late Wednesday night, really late Wednesday night, and the coach said, I have no idea where he's going. He's still in the process of figuring all that stuff out. I, I wouldn't sign up on Rutgers right away on this thing. I know Temple's involved, Purdue's involved. It's a different kind of recruitment. Um, you know, Trayvon King has said for a long time he doesn't care where he plays, so he's been recruited by an athlete by a lot of schools. Now there's some rumblings that he may want to play on defense. So I think this is one of those deals where he's going to spend a lot of time talking on the phone with coaches in the next week before he makes his decision. Uh yeah, I think he's a good athlete. I think you know he wants to play with his brother, who's a year younger than him in college. Um, Rutgers has offered him both of them, so there's that. So is Temple, but I, I think he put out the announcement of August seventh, but he's still going through the process a little bit. He just knows that you know with the new recruiting rules, there's no vis- no unofficial visits in August. So he's seen what he needs to see. He wants to concentrate on his senior season and. Get his recruitment done. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if you and I are attending or if we will be attending. I think that'll be known closer to his decision. But I, I think there's some work to do if you're Rutgers. I agree. And the other thing I would say is, yeah, he says he's announcing August 7th, but is he going to announce on August 7th? I mean, you see these kids, especially when a decision has not been made yet, you see a delay all the time. Maybe he wants to take some official visits. I get that he wants to focus on his season, and his teammates have always traditionally committed before the season. But you never know. I mean, he's a he's a talented player with multiple schools that want him, and I think some of those schools are willing to wait for him and not pull offers. So if he does want to keep checking schools out when visits are, again, allowed, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Yeah, and, you know, I know people. some people will be sitting there going, well, why is the coach going to tell you? He's going to keep it quiet. you got to understand how things work. There's a reason why I feel like 90% of the times when a kid commits, we have stories already written. So you kind of know what's going on. You give the kid their moments. You know, in dealing with the coach down at Wilson, he's been good to us just in terms of 
making sure we're taken care of properly and covering his kids. So for me, it's, you know, I look at it and say, hey, if he's telling me that the kid hasn't decided where he's going yet, I'd 100% believe him. And if he had decided where he's going, I believe I'd know by now. If I'm Rutgers, Trayvon King is someone that I absolutely want. I think he's an important player, not only in the He's a pretty good athlete. You have him as number one athlete in the state, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I know a lot of that stuff depends on how many athletes you have ranked also and and where kids, you know, they start getting toward positions at this point. Right. The The thing is, he for a team like Rutgers with so many holes, maybe he plays a little receiver or a little tight end linebacker, maybe grows into a defensive end, whatever it is, find a way to play him and you get him – there's a 95% chance you're getting brother Stanley King and Fadil Diggs in 2020 who's really looked up to guys like that, guys like Edwin Lopez. He's, I would bet, he's a future very highly ranked player in the state. Yeah, I saw him down at a 7-on-7 in Maryland. He was absolutely sensational. Um, you know, it's just he needs some more exposure to pe- before people really jump on him and develop and, and all that stuff. But, yeah, he's a, he's a sensational player, but... Look, if I'm Rutgers, or any school for that matter, I'm not taking Trayvon King at the chance of getting Fidel Diggs. I take Trayvon King right. because I like him. I think he can help the program. That's why you take him. You can't be dealing with what it, impact it would have with 2020. Yeah. That's what you do when you're Ohio State, and you can risk that scholarship. But at Rutgers, you can't really do that. Yeah, but if you're Ohio State, you don't need to either. Well, I'll tell that to Matt Jones. <laughs> Welcome to the Rutgers Scout Cast Mailbag at Sam Hellman Scout on Twitter, Scarlet Report on Facebook, email scarletreport.com, premium forums, however you want to get your questions in. We took the questions late this week. In fact, I picked them out about two hours before I hit the record button. Uh, on topic question this week, Brian, it is timely after you know training camp report day being today. The, the question was about the addition of Tom Flacco. And I believe, I, I don't have my notes in front of me, but I believe the question basically asks, you have guys like Flacco coming in at quarterback, plus everyone, you know, the two freshman commitments. How would you handicap the 2018 quarterback battle? Gio uh, Rossino, Kyle Bolin, maybe Jonathan Lewis. Well, Kyle Bolin will have graduated by then. Oh, the 20. Thanks for listening and not playing Pokemon Go during the questions. The 2018 Jonathan Lewis, and then Jonathan Lewis. And after that, as long as he's healthy, Jonathan, Jonathan Lewis. Lewis. Jonathan Lewis versus, you know, Gio Rochino will have the option of grad transfer. We'll see how it goes. Maybe he sticks it out, and maybe he does take another step forward. But it's going to be the Lewis versus Geo show until Rutgers ends whatever charade the quarterback battle will be. You have two guys that are enrolling early as freshmen in Sean Chambers and Jalen Chapman, but you don't need to play them. You can redshirt them. Uh, Zach Allen is gone. Kyle Bolin is gone. And then you have these walk-ons that we've discussed. Hard to find playing time for a walk-on quarterback when you're bringing in Jonathan Lewis. Look, you find time for the best player. But here's all I'll say. There's all this hype, and we deal with this all the time with walk-ons. I I don't see any way all three walk-ons are here next year. Just attrition. I would be surprised if all three are here, you know, (laughs) at game six. Um, you know, you look at Flacco, who has the name recognition, and you ask yourself, wait a minute, 
a scholarship kid transferring from Western Michigan to walk on at Rutgers just doesn't make a lot of sense if you're looking at him as a kid who's going to be able to play and have an impact. The important part of it is Rutgers needs arms to throw the ball in training camp. You need a lot of arms because a lot of passes get thrown and dead arms happen and all that other jazz. At least now they have some arms. They, they have kids that you know that are going to be able to throw the ball, at least in practice, run scout team, run extra routes with receivers, all, all that stuff that you need. So it's important to have them, but it doesn't mean the fans are ever going to see them. Well, the fans will see them once, and that will be at the spring game. Because thankfully so, we're so, not. Gonna... So they're still there for the spring game. Some of them. Okay. Anyone that watched the spring, game, it was Gio Rochino versus Troy Anthony, and just the. It was a train. It was not fun. <laughs> um, you would hope that with the numbers in the quarterback room, you know you're gonna maybe have six quarterbacks, five quarterbacks that can play in that spring game. So it does help in practices, like you said. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Yeah, and then the off-topic question, Sam, is a huge, huge month for the u.s men's national no team. no 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 that's yeah. not it no you, you see you don't take the questions i do wait a minute i thought we were going to talk u.s men's soccer that's why i agreed to meet with you before i go on vacation well you'd be happy to discuss that with brian fonseca who's joined our staff he's more knowledgeable about soccer than you are yeah i, I no, he's not but b i saw him tweet about how bad soccer games are at the la coliseum on wednesday night Having watched games at the Coliseum and big-time soccer matches at the L.A. Coliseum, he could not be more wrong. I can't wait to hear you two argue about this more. The the real off-topic question this week. Great win for the Americans. Let's go now. Red Bull Arena, September 1st, Costa Rica versus the U.S. 6.30 start. You can go to that. Still get to the Rutgers game against Washington later. Uh, This is why I have audacity, so I can edit the program. Uh, Off-topic question. Coming out of media day, what is the dumbest story you've ever seen at a media day or dumbest question you've ever seen asked? Oh, boy. I don't know. Mean, you've been to a lot of these things. I've been to so many of them. How about here, here? This is the dumbest thing. The dumbest thing I've ever heard is when people just decide to ask coaches how they feel about their team. Because... In a press conference setting with television cameras and all that other stuff, to think that you're going to get anything even usable is ridiculous, and it's, I mean, pretty much a waste of time. Well, my memory is, I'm just thinking about the dumbest thing I've seen this week, and there's some really dumb stuff that they got to do when it comes to marketing for, you know, Fox Sports or Big Ten Network or whatever, whether it's a saltine eating contest or have everyone draw their team's logo. Why are players doing this and why would anyone find it entertaining? I don't know. I will give you one fun story though. The way that it's all set up, the players come down early in the morning into the hotel and do photo shoots with big 10 network. And so they have Sebastian Joseph in this little photo booth. And oh everyone, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have him do the, the whole stupid, you squeeze the ball and look really intense at the camera picture. Did he laugh during it? No, he just starts shouting. He just starts screaming at the top of his lungs. And I'm sure it made for a great photo. But as the photographer told me right after, he said, you know, I've been doing this for two days and no one's been that out of control. 
<laughs> and that's in a good way. Yeah, he was. He's a Sebastian Joseph was the most popular kid at Media Day, not even close, because he's just so absurd. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed Chris Ash's true debut on the podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it. A big thank you to Chris Ash and all, all the folks over in Sports Information for cutting out a little block of time for me to get that podcast done. They. It's a pretty hectic schedule, so I appreciate them making time for me out in Chicago, but enough Chicago talk. It is back in New Jersey. Football is back in New Jersey. Most likely by the time you listen to this, freshmen and upperclassmen will have reported to camp. You know, you get your playbook, you weigh in, you measure in. You used to pose for photos and do interviews, but not anymore. So that starts, and then football starts. First practice, Saturday, pads will be going on, I believe, Tuesday. But football's back, people. Be excited. We'll have everything you need every day from training camp. Look, heck, I haven't missed a training camp practice in, I don't know, seven years. I am not missing any of the open practices this year either. I think that what you can expect at Scarlet Report with myself, Brian Fonseca, and Brian Dome when he gets back from vacation, you're going to get facts and you're going to get a chance to get to know some of these players. That's what it's about for me. It's not about getting retweets. It's not about, you know, my, my page views or my SEO or how many people click through my slideshow. It's about bringing fans into a place where you can actually talk about Rutgers and you can do it in a way where there's no shtick. Yeah, we do have some fun and we joke around and you hear that on the podcast, especially with Brian and myself, Brian Doan and myself. But at the end of the day, we're about talking about what's actually happening at Rutgers in a non-biased way. And I hope people are able to enjoy that and get a taste of it on the podcast as well. We're not here to tell you Oh, well, Rutgers has all these returning starters, so they're going to win a bunch of games. We're not the ones predicting eight and four seasons. You know, we're going to tell you what we think, and that is the same in training camp. Monday is the big day right now to watch in training camp. It is when the first practice is open to media. It is also when we hear from Jerry Kill for the first time since... When was the last time I... We, I guess the last time we spoke to Jerry Kill was in spring practice. This is the first time we'll hear from him since then. Also, select quarterbacks will be available. My guess, we will be allowed to talk to Kyle Bolin, Gio Rossigno, and Zach Allen. All of that is available on Scarlet Report. Stay tuned throughout the weekend because we have some other fun content coming. I am not even close to finished with breaking down everything from Big Ten Media Day in Chicago. There's still a lot of good stuff from Chris Ash that I have to share. I am the host of the Rutgers Scoutcast, Sam Hellman, publisher on ScoutReport.com. Thanks for listening.